Empower Radio presents Out of the Fog. Join intuitive guide and spiritual teacher Karen Hager for lively, positive conversation with lightworkers, healers, and dynamic wisdom keepers. Get ready for inspiration and connection. This is Out of the Fog on Empower Radio. Here's your host, Karen Hager. Hello and welcome to Out of the Fog. I'm Karen Hager. Each week at this time, we gather for spiritual conversation with enlightening guests, and I'm glad you're here. If you'd like more Out of the Fog or to connect with me on social media, check out karenhigger.com and follow Fog City Psychic on Instagram and Facebook. I promise you photos of knitting projects in progress, jigsaw puzzles, and other good stuff, too. Romance and love addiction are real. You might know someone who's constantly in search of the next love high or who jumps from one relationship to another. Or you might know somebody consistently drawn to toxic partners who are abusive and manipulative. Well, Sherry Gabe is my guest today, and she brings deep insight into these patterns. And she's got wisdom to help us break free of these addictive cycles. Are you ready to meet her? Sherry Gaba, LCSW, is a licensed psychotherapist and life coach who helps people cope with codependency, love addiction, toxic relationships, and mental health issues. She's a leading expert on addiction recovery, and you may have seen her on vh one Celebrity Rehab, CNN, and many other TV outlets. She's done a zillion radio shows and written for leading publications, including Cosmopolitan and the LA Times, among many, many others. And she now hosts her own podcast, The Love Fix. Sherry's new book is Love Smacked, and she's a contributing writer to the book Chicken Soup for the Soul, Tough Times, Tough People. Sherry maintains a private practice, and she's the founder of Wake Up Recovery. That's an online group coaching program that applies the principles of positive psychology, law of attraction, and mindfulness for codependents, love addicts, and toxic relationships. You can find out more about all of this, Sherry and her work at SherryGaba.com. Sherry, welcome to Out of the Fog. Oh, thank you so much for having me. And, and it's so great the work you're doing in the world as well. Thank you. Oh, I'm glad you're here. Let's start right at the beginning. What is love addiction and, and how do I know it? How do I recognize it? So when you hear the word, it kind of freaks people out, the word addiction, but it's really obsessive love. It's really what we would call a process addiction. So when you think of substance abuse, you think of um, you know drug addiction, alcoholism, but there actually are other addictions that are lifestyle addictions or soft addictions or process addictions and love addiction would be one of it, one of them. Um, you know, if you think of things like internet date, you know, internet gaming or exercise over exercising or gaming or shopping or spending, those are all um, soft addiction. So basically it has the same euphoric states that drugs have, the same mood, mood altering feelings that a drug or alcohol have, but it's love instead. And uh, again, it's very obsessive. It becomes a person's whole identity. Mm-hmm. And if a breakup occurs, they, they just are longing for that attachment. They're really missing those pleasurable feelings of that lost relationship, just like the drug user craves the drugs. Um, some of the behavior patterns you might see in a love addict is they over adapt to what others want, they settle, they don't have boundaries, they just have this horrible fear of being alone. Um, they're always trying to change others to fit what they want, the illusion they have of who they want someone to be. And um, they need others to feel whole. They're always looking for that outside validation to feel good inside. They have huge abandonment issues, which was my story. 
and they even have the withdrawal symptoms like a drug addict would have if they didn't have their drugs. So the love addict really gives up who they are so they can um, not be alone. Being alone is their worst fear. I would imagine a, a challenge with that is in that need to, uh, to attach and stay attached. You could find yourself in some pretty toxic situations. How, how would you know if you were in a toxic relationship? What are some of the, of, of the signs of that? Right. So if you're, you know, if, if you're settling for less or you are afraid to be alone, you're absolutely right. You're going to end up in some pretty toxic relationships. So some of that, some of the things you want to look for, are you ruminating a lot over a person? Are you obsessing over that person? Do you give up who you are to be with that person? You know, you give up your own authentic self. Um, this is definitely part of a toxic relationship. You might know you're in a toxic relationship if you're walking on eggshells, you know, when you're always afraid to say what you want to say or afraid they're going to yell at you or afraid they're going to, God forbid, hit you. Um, that's, of course, you know, a physically physical, uh, excuse me, physical abuse. Um, and then you feel guilty for everything because toxic people or narcissists often have to be right. You're always wrong. They have to be right. So there's no communication. So you're always feeling guilty because they're always making, they're trying to make you feel guilty because they're the ones that are right. And you're the ones that are wrong. A lot of fighting that goes on a lot of manipulating and controlling behaviors. Um, you know, you, you really don't have the freedom to be who you want to be. They, they control you. They want you to be who they want you to be. Um, are they making decisions for you? You know, I had a client the other day where her daughter um, had her boyfriend was kept looking at her phone. And, you know, that that's definitely a controlling behavior, manipulation, kind of sucking you in um, all the time. It's what you want, very domineering. Um, and they think they have the right to tell you how to be, how to dress, how to do your hair, pretty much everything. They yell, they insult you, they embarrass you, they shame you, they degrade you. So that those are some of the signs, again, physical injury, injury, disrespect, uh, dishonesty, betrayal, you know, that those are definitely signs of a toxic relationship. And then you kind of you start losing your, your self-care attributes. You stop taking care of yourself. You stop taking care of your mental and physical health. You know, this person's becoming your whole life. So you're kind of giving up everything in your life, your friends, your hobbies, pretty much everything. And. That those toxic relationships also often don't seem that way at the beginning. There can be that wonderful place at the beginning of the re relationship when everything I looked for, everything I hoped for is coming from this person. You talk about love bombing a little bit. And I wonder if sometimes that initial, that rush when everybody's on their best behavior can affect then the addiction that we might feel to the toxic relationship as we get deeper in. Exactly. And the, the thing with love bombing is for a true toxic relationship, a narcissist, they stop the love bombing. But the problem is you're always searching for that love bombing phase. Mm -hmm. And that's what you that's what hooked you in in the beginning. It's you know, when you first meet someone, you're being swept off your feet. You, you feel so excited. It's so fun. And they're showering you with affection and admiration. Um, but it, it really is all fake. It's all a way to suck you in. It's often used to win you over your trust and your affection. Um, so love bombing often involves all those, you know, lavish gifts, over the top gestures, uh, you know, sending you dozens of roses and cards and vacations, buying you expensive plane tickets. Um, you know, it's usually done by a narcissist. Um, they, they can't stop complimenting you like, 
I remember going out with someone and on the first date, he's like, oh, I'm going to marry you. You know, and it's like, really? I mean, that is definitely a hallmark of, of, an, of a toxic relationship saying or love bombing, saying these things that are just ridiculous right from the get go, saying things like, oh, I love everything about you. Never met anyone as perfect as you. You're the only person I want to spend my time with. They're just bombarding you with all this stuff. And they're calling you all the time and texting you and sending you cute emojis and they want your undivided attention. But, you know, true love does not want all your time and energy. You know, that's that's the thing. You know, that is not what true love is about. Um, and then they try to convince you that you're their soulmate. Oh, we're born to be together. It's fate that we met. You understand me more than anyone. We're soulmates. And they want commitment right away. And then they get upset if you try to place boundaries on them. So, yeah, I mean, these are all the signs of love bombing and basically want to run the other way if that kind of stuff is happening in that first uh, beginnings of a, of a dating or relationship. What is the difference between being in love, that flush of emotion, that being captivated by the other person, that desire to give everything, do everything, be everything for and with them and obsession? Right. How do we tell the difference? So when you're, you know, in a normal relationship, sure, you meet someone, you're attracted, there's this excitement in the beginning, but it calms down, it becomes more secure, it becomes more, becomes healthier, it's, it doesn't have this rush all the time, but the problem with love addicts, and the problems with people that um, are in these types of toxic relationships is they want that hit all the time, they want to feel that high, they want that euphoric state. But really, in a healthy relationship, it grows, it matures, it becomes um, healthy, it becomes calm, it becomes safe, it becomes secure. And in these toxic relationships, you're not going to feel those things. You're going to feel just these constant highs and lows, highs and lows. And that's what you really become addicted to. So, Sherry, we were talking about toxic relationships, obsession, love addiction. And I'm wondering, for listeners who realize maybe they are obsessed Maybe they are focused in an unhealthy way on a relationship that isn't growing, that isn't serving them, that does have these toxic qualities. What can listeners do to start to break that cycle? Well, one thing I want to say for sure is it's just people being on this call today and being having this awareness is a great step. And I want to really applaud everyone for being here to learn about this really important topic. But I think we have to start looking at every relationship that enters our life as sort of an opportunity to heal and grow and really become more self-aware. You know, every relationship is manifested into our lives. It's to mirror who we really are inside. Um, so our, our focus has to really shift from the outside to inside. So if we're attracting toxic relationships or continuing to nurture our addiction to them or our love addiction, probably it's because we're we're having a toxic relationship with ourselves and it really starts with ourselves. So it's really about investigating the roots of our love addiction. Where is it coming from? Um, I really want to mention, I have to mention trauma. Look at your early trauma. Look at the type of parenting, caregiving that you um, experienced as a baby, as a child. Were you neglected? Were you abused? You want to find a great trauma therapist that can help you um, sort of unpack all of those things and really um, start building a connection with your real healthy self, your spiritual self, your the light of you, really. That's where, that's where it all begins. We've got to have a connection with ourselves first before we can really be in relationship with others. And I know people don't really like to hear that, but it's so true. Is part of what you see in your work that we are afraid sometimes to look at ourselves because we have put so much focus on the other 
Exactly. And I think what's, you know, during this period of pandemic, I think people are so lonely and they're so isolated and they're really, they're out there, you know, grabbing at anything. And, you know, when you settle, that's exactly what's going to happen. You're going to be settling for less and you're not going to really get what you deserve and what you want. And then you'll be back to trying it all over again. The cycle begins again, where you're looking for another person to fill you up. And the truth is no one can fill you up. And, you know, as much as, again, we don't want to hear that. It really has to start with ourselves. When you have a real connection with yourself, a real intimate relationship with yourself, you are capable then of having an intimate relationship with someone who's healthy. But until then, you're still, you're going to be responding to early childhood triggers, trauma triggers. You're going to be trying to uh, look for what's familiar instead of what sometimes what's uncomfortable is really what's best. Now I'm not talking about intuition, but I'm talking about, we always, we tend to pick what we know. So if you came from abuse, you pick abuse. We want to pick someone who is what we are not familiar with, what we, what's, what's a little uncomfortable and from there, that is when really healthy love can sort of can really everlasting love can occur. I was talking to someone the other day who said this kind of relationship, and she was telling me that she attracted always a certain kind of partner and it was the manipulative controlling, right? And then it would all blow up and then she'd go right to the next one. She said to me, if I don't do this, I'm afraid that there will be no love for me. I'm afraid that this is the best I can ever have. I'm afraid these things keep happening to me because I'm not good enough or I'm not doing it right. And so when it comes to that place of healing, it sounds, if I'm understanding you, Sherry, right, like people have to really decide to stop and take a break, be with themselves for a second, not forever. But, but that's for so excruciating for them. Yeah. Like the idea of being on, on them own. I had to do that when I got divorced 10 years ago, I just spent some real good, healthy time with myself. So I could really get to know me and what I want. What are my, what are my preferences? What am I looking for? Otherwise, yes, you're going to, you have to, you have to feel the pain. I mean, really people who struggle with addiction, whatever that addiction is, you've got to walk through the pain. You can't keep self-medicating the pain with people, places, and things. So yes, you got to feel the pain, do the work, find yourself a great trauma therapist like myself who does trauma and healing work. Find a support group I mentioned earlier, and thank you for bringing up my program where I'm actually offering it for a dollar trial where you can get some live coaching and meet other people that are going through what you're going through. Take my quiz, get my free ebook. I know you have all the links in the show notes and maybe you're going to mention them, Karen, or I can mention them again, but these are all really great places to start the healing journey. And you're not alone as you do that. One of the things I liked reading through your book, Love Smack, is that there are hard questions for inquiry, but there's a sense as I'm working through that material that I'm part of a community of people, right. community of people reading it, the community of people healing there. You're not alone in this. Exactly. And that's the most healing. I know when I became a single mom, I joined a single parent group. When I was married to an alcoholic, I joined a, a program, a 12-step program for family members of alcoholics. And, and if you're in a toxic relationship or a love addicted relationship, perfect place to go is to find others that know exactly what you're going through. So um, yeah, definitely check it out. It's at wakeuprecovery.com forward slash IG1. That's wakeuprecovery.com com forward slash IG one. And you're going to meet some wonderful people. You're going to work with me once a month and we're going to, we're going to be on this journey together. And then if you're not sure if you're in an obsessive love relationship or you're addicted to someone, take the quiz that I have and get my free ebook on narcissistic partners and obsessive love. And that's at uh, sherrygaba.com forward slash NP quiz. Is it natural? Do you think 
that people who are codependent, do they attract narcissists? Do the narcissists, I think of myself as a codependent person working through my own patterns. Do narcissists just find us? Is there some kind of a radar that we, that they have that help, help them find us? Yeah, there, there definitely is. Um, so people that are not, that have codependent issues like yourself is often you, you have, you don't have great boundaries. So, you know, you also, you get your validation by doing for others. And that's what the narcissist wants. They want to, um, they have what's called a narcissistic supply need. So they're going to go pick someone who's going to, who's going to actually meet all those needs for them. It's almost like they're, they're so hungry. They're so craving for attention. And that's what the codependent gets their most value as giving you attention. So it's a very interesting dynamic, but, um, yeah, they definitely are magnets for each other. It, you know, it may be even cliche in the movies, but the good girl attracted to the bad boy theme is just a real very part of the life experience of women across the country. And even as in my practice as a therapist, as well as my role as a coach, I, I work with these kind of individuals. And, you know, what we find is the relationship between a codependent and narcissist is sometimes known as a dance. And there's this definite pattern of behavior where each party plays the role. There's a, a definite answer. Why do codependents and, and uh, narcissists attract each other? And again, it's, um, it's very interesting. The codependent and the narcissist finds the ultimate giver, a person who gives to the extent of completely losing themselves. And then the other one is the taker. So you got the giver and the taker. So does that, does that make sense to you? I mean, does that oh. make for you? It really does. And it's hard then to set the boundaries, which you need to try to do with a narcissist. It's hard to set those boundaries if everything in you says you shouldn't set boundaries, because if you do, it makes you unlovable or you're not helping. Well, you're, you're used to being a people pleaser and um, you generally will have low self-esteem, low self-worth, and you don't know how to say no. And again, this isn't really about beating yourself up. You know, you grew up a certain way. Maybe you felt invisible as a child. No one gave you the attention. So it always became about everybody else. It became other focused. And that's how you attracted the narcissist or the toxic person, because you are only concerned with everything outside of you, you know, instead of yourself. So you want to do things like build your self-esteem, you know, try to feel satisfied as a whole person, learn how to set boundaries and learn to be okay solo. Sherry, thank you so much. Our time went like a rocket and there's so much good stuff in here. Thank you very much for talking with us You're today. Welcome. Thank you for having me. That is Sherry Gaba. Her new book is Love Smacked, How to Stop the Cycle of Relationship Addiction and Codependency to Find Everlasting Love. You can find out more about Sherry and her work at sherrygaba.com. And that quiz, the Narcissistic uh, Partners and Obsessive Love Quiz, that comes with a free ebook. That's at sherrygaba.com slash NPquiz. And the coaching program she was talking about is at um, wakeuprecovery.com slash IG1. That's IG and the number one. All of those things are there for you. You'll also find those links in the show notes here on Empower Radio. Um, and you're, you're always welcome at karenhager.com. Of course, great place to find out about upcoming classes and events. All the good stuff is there. Thank you for listening today. Together we are spreading a little more light in the world and a little more light is always a good thing. Until next time, I'm wishing you peace.